Hello and welcome to another episode of Book Faces Live, the show where we talk to the faces behind your books. I'm Nathan Van Koops, I'm your host, and uh, I'm glad to be back for another episode. Um, I There was no episode last week, and the reason why is because, uh, as you may be able to tell from my voice, um, I was getting over a cold. I was uh, not... not uh, I didn't have a voice last week, so even though I had an interview scheduled, unfortunately, we had to cancel it and, and move on. So um, cold, and flu, flu, cold and flu season uh, is a major hazard to having a live uh, show. So <clears throat> unfortunately, I didn't have anything pre-recorded to release. So apologies for missing last week, but I'm back this week and sort of you know taking things as they come uh, health-wise. But I'm glad to be back. I see uh, Benjamin is watching. Hi, Benjamin. I see uh, James is watching. Hi, James. Glad to see, glad to see you again. Um, good, to, good to be able to catch up with you a little bit. Um, so today, today's episode is going to be a solo episode because um, I don't have an interview today, but I have been, what I've been doing in my uh, illness of the past couple of weeks has been just doing a lot of reading. And in this case, uh, I've actually been listening to a great number of craft books. Those of you who tuned into the last episode that I did um, a couple weeks ago with Cecilia Mecca, you'll know that we discussed some of our best takeaway, our favorite um, plotting and structure books. And I was happy to find that my top five list and Cecilia's top five list were actually completely different, almost entirely different. So um, I had some new reading to do. So I jumped on to um, a few different books and I had already been in the middle of one. I was reading Robert McKee's story uh, at the time and I've since finished that and gone back through some of it as well. And then I also um, went and listened to a couple of Cecilia's recommendations. Um, one was Rock Your Plot by Kathy Yardley, and then also Structure Your Novel by K.M. Wyland. And the three books together, I'm going to be sort of discussing what I've taken away from those three books. Um, broad, broad strokes, obviously, they're, they're, they're a lot of content, way more than I could potentially cover in a little half-hour episode. However, I'm going to give you sort of um, what my big takeaways were because they were all excellent for different reasons. And I think it's important for us to, you know, uh, always study structure and study craft as much as we can. We don't always have the time to read everything. In some cases, um, it's there's prohibitive costs. Robert McKee's story is one of those books that I kept hearing about constantly, constantly. Why haven't I read this book yet? Why haven't I read this book yet? And then I went and looked it up and I'm like, oh, that's why. Because the Kindle book is $18.99. And... Uh, it, you know, finally I bit the bullet and just did the audio um, and spent a credit on the audiobook because I wanted to, to what, hear what all the fuss was about. And I wanted to know why you can sell a paperback version for $27 and a Kindle version for $18.99. And, uh, and I was, you know, curious, I'm like, if it's that good and it's still ranked well, why, what's in this book that, that I have to know? And I am glad that I listened to it because it, it is the, the basis of a lot of the other structure um, methods that I've heard, especially if you guys have uh, read Story Grid, that book, or if you have listened to the Story Grid podcast, a lot of the stuff that Sean Coyne uses as an editor is pulled from Robert McKee's story. And uh, I'll discuss it a little bit more in detail as well. Um, I was happy to find with Kathy Yardley's book, it was actually a bargain. Um, it's a short book. It's, it's only... Um, two hours long in audio or under two hours, I think. So it's a, a very quick read or listen. Uh, it's only $2.99 as an ebook 
and it's if you are and if you have the ebook it's only a dollar 99 for the audio so i snatched up uh both i think because of the fact that um it came highly recommended from cecilia and i said you know absolutely i want to check this out and it was a good decision because and i like the fact that it's short in audio because as soon as i finished it i just went back and listened to it again and you know it wasn't a big time commitment and um i thought it was great so i, I really enjoyed getting the material out of there because she is very succinct she doesn't waste a lot of time um in those couple of hours she really just breaks it down uh, big plot pieces, you know, your act structure. and um, But she gets, she asked some really um, good questions, which I'll go over some of the things that she asked. Um, and I, I did get a lot from that book, so I definitely recommend it. The the third book um, by K.M. Weiland, Structure Your Novel, was much, much more comprehensive and actually gets down to a nitty gritty level of like actually getting down to a sentence structure level. And really breaks. Um, she breaks down the whole the whole novel from you know a possible prologue to you know epilogue and all the act structures and everything in, in the middle. Then then she dives down into beats and scene you know scenes and beats and then all the way down into like individual you know sentence level um, structure. So really detailed. Some of it's a little bit probably too detailed. If you're if you're an experienced writer, some of this stuff you'll probably just be like yeah yeah this is you know stuff you've heard before. But I think it's a great starting place for someone who hasn't read a lot of structure novels before. Um, I think it covers a lot of ground, and she does it well. Uh, it's very well organized, very well structured book, as it should be uh, a book on structure. But um, I'll talk about some of the specific highlights um, in terms of um, you know the show. I, I you know. Going forward, it, it's with the holidays, it's going to be a little bit of an oddball schedule. I do have some interviews scheduled coming up um, starting at the beginning of the year. I may or may not be doing a lot of uh, shows between now and Christmas just because of the, the holidays and trying to get a lot of other stuff done family-wise and such. But uh, I hope you've enjoyed, been enjoying these episodes and, and getting some some good craft content out of it. Um, I see Diana. Uh, Peter Freund is watching. Hi, Diana. It's great, great to uh, see you online here again. I always enjoy all of your stuff. I'm, I I uh, see your posts all the time on Facebook and, and love them always. Um, former guest of the show, obviously, and uh, hopefully future guest again. So um, let me just you know kind of dive into uh, some of the stuff that were like the major takeaways. <clears throat> like I said I apologize, my voice isn't isn't hundred percent, but I'm gonna do the best I can. Um, so Robert McKee's story. So first of all, Robert McKee's story is a book for screenwriters. It's not for novelists. Um, that being said, it is excellent along the lines of Save the Cat by Blake Snyder. I think it is one of those books that, um, I don't know if it's an essential read, but it, it, it forms an underlying base. That's a very strong base for story. And the, the book itself is a little bit dated. It has uh, some references that are a little bit older, like the movies he's referencing. I don't know a lot of them. Um, I, and I've watched a lot of classic films, so I can pick up on things. Like when he's talking about, you know, Casablanca, I'm with him. But if, if he's talking about like Kramer versus Kramer or um, The Deer Hunter, like these are not films that I'm like as well versed in. Um, when he starts talking about Empire Strikes Back, I'm right there with him. But um, you can get the context of, the, of what he's trying to say either way. Even even if you haven't watched all of these older films from you know the seventies and um, around the time whenever he was referencing these these stories, but one of the underlying things that I think he does the best and the main takeaway I got from 
Robert McKee's story is the essential um, need to create a turning point in a given scene. And this is something that ties in well with what I also pulled from Kay Weiland's book. But um, he talks about the concept of a turning point and also the, the positive or negative charge of a scene. And uh, obviously, when you're building your three-act structure, you have, you know, uh, X number of, you know, major plot points that we're going to be hitting. Um, inciting incident, um, you know, your break into two, your, your, your major acts. And I'm, I'm going to assume that you're probably familiar with all of the major acts. But inside of that, on a, on a sort of smaller scale, when you're writing the different chapters and different scenes in your, in your various acts, one of the important things to do is to look at those and say, do they have a varying like positive or negative value charge? And what he means by that is when the character goes into this scene with a particular want or desire or need, um, what has changed by the end of that scene? Uh, have we gone from positive to negative or negative to positive? Have we gone from positive to like doubly positive or vice versa, you know, doubly negative? Are we experiencing a change in every every scene of our story? And the emphasis here is that if you are not experiencing a change, if nothing has, if the value charge from beginning to end of that scene is the same, then the scene probably hasn't functioned. There is no turn. It hasn't turned, and therefore it probably doesn't belong, um, in or it doesn't represent an entire scene. Um, so it may not, may not work for the story or it's, it's a potential warning sign for you to say, okay, this might be a slow point of the novel, or this may be something that needs to be cut. And I think that, um, while he discusses a lot of aspects of story, this was the one that I think is most unique to him in that he does a really good job of describing the, the positive negative change values and how to, um, analyze your story on that level. And this is something that ties in a little bit with Cam Wyland stuff, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in detail because, like, she um, she breaks it down to actually very specific things that I've seen done other other places. I've seen this done in um, there's a Novel Factory, which is I've, I've mentioned before on on Cecilia's um, interview when we were discussing methods. There's a, a there's a um, say Andrea's watching. Hi, hi, Andrea. Um, there's a software program that basically helps you with this, and it it does use um, some of the positive or or, or negative uh, values, um, and it breaks out the different scenes as either action scenes or reaction scenes. And one thing that KM Wyland does uh, is she breaks those down even more. And I think it's important that when you look at your action scenes, like they they are composed of, of several things. The first thing is typically the goal. Um, so we have a goal, then we have a dilemma, and then we have a decision. Uh, those are your action scenes. And then with your uh, reaction scenes, or as Cam Weiland calls them, sequel scenes, which I think is a little bit confusing, but she calls them sequel scenes, that when we have a reaction, a dilemma, and a decision. And I may have misspoken. I think the, uh, the, the action scene is goal, conflict, disaster. Um, I think I got those mixed up. <clears throat> so the action scene is goal, conflict, and disaster. The reaction scene is reaction, dilemma, and then a decision. And I think that um, 
these all tie together really well. The, the three different books all emphasize this particular change structure that as we go into a particular scene, our character has a goal. Uh, there's usually going to be some sort of conflict with that goal and conflict is something that comes up um, across the board in all these structure stories because conflict is really the essence of story. Um, and then as a result of that conflict, there's some sort of disaster or change. And in this case, we're probably going from a positive to a negative in this, this scenario where the disaster represents our negative thing or our setback for our character. And she emphasizes that that really needs to be related to the character's goal. Um, and also, as a result of this, obviously, we're going to shift into our reactive scenes, which are going to be uh, having a reaction, which is typically going to be an emotional reaction. Um, the character is going to have some sort of emotional change or, or uh, experience because of this disaster. Then we're going to move into sort of uh, the dilemma phase, which is an intellectual reaction to this particular uh, problem. So this is the, the puzzle solving. This is like, how am I going to deal with this? And then there's actually a decision phase where we kind of lead back towards our next action, which will be our next goal, which will then hit another conflict, which will hit another disaster. So <clears throat> if you look at those from the Robert, Robert McKee perspective, you see that your character has entered in with a positive attitude, a positive goal. They've hit there's some sort of conflict and had some sort of disaster. That's the negative value charge the scene has has turned okay and now we're going to have our reactive scene we're starting off with a negative value where we're reacting emotionally to something um, we're having an intellectual change or shift in our our tactics or our strategies for for dealing with this particular problem making a decision and then taking another action to, to move back towards our goal Goal was something that was very uh, vital through all these books, especially in Kathy Yardley's book, In Rock Your Plot. <clears throat> she talks about something called the GMC, or the Goal, Motivation, and Conflict. Um, and this particular value was something that I hadn't heard it phrased in that particular way before, but she does say that there is a another book that she pulled this from. But the Goal, Motivation, Conflict, um, I think was it was good for me because it's something that it helped me deal with my particular issue that I'm dealing with in my plot. I usually read these structure stories as I'm trying to, or these structure novels or, or um, guidebooks when I'm actually trying to structure a book. And <clears throat> it worked out well because I was dealing with, with this myself on a personal level. I'm writing a uh, my, my second novel in a series is sort of the road trip novel. Very much like you know, in Pirates of the Caribbean, there's the there's the road trip adventure. Empire Strikes Back is sort of the road trip adventure in the middle of Star Wars. Oftentimes, a sequel involves a transition, and those can be sometimes difficult to write because um, the goal doesn't seem quite as as significant. We're not trying to blow up the Death Star in this scenario. We're just trying to get from here to here, and we're trying to get from Hoth to where we're ending up at the end of Empire Strikes Back, which is actually a negative. Like they kind of end on a negative there, <clears throat> but. For me, I have a story where I have a character whose goal was essentially to get from one side of the continent to the other side of the continent in this road trip adventure. Um, and that particular goal, obviously, is, is pretty clear. Uh, one of the things that Kathy Yardley says is that your goal should be clearly recognizable in terms of like the character's main story goal. It should be really recognizable when they've achieved it. For example, if the sheriff is going to uh, kill the shark or if the shark is going to kill the sheriff. Like, that's Jaws. I mean, that's the main... We will know when this story is over, one way or the other, when either one of them is dead. That's very clearly defined. 
But she also talks about how we've also got our internal goal. Her character has an internal goal, which may be in direct conflict with this. <clears throat> Perhaps this internal goal is, you know, spending more time with your family. And this is not, you know, going to work out for our sheriff who has to go out on a boat and goes off and, um, you know, fight a shark. So like, it, or in romance, obviously, she talks about the idea that, you know, sometimes uh, um, she uses the example of a desire for freedom may not match up with your external goal of getting married by the time you're 30. You know what I mean? So like the, the two are directly in opposition to each other, which creates great tension. And those are some things that you can naturally build into your story by having your character's external goal, external story goal, and then internal personal goals be somewhat at odds with each other. Because oftentimes they don't realize their internal goal. This is something more of their need versus their want. Uh, we often describe it in those terms where, you know, we characters think they want something, but it turns out and what they really need is this other thing. Um, the motivation part of the GMC, according to Kathy Yardley, is comes is where you really build in the character. Uh, and this is going to, you're going to rely on what your character's strengths are, what your character's uh, verbs are. If you're, if you're a follower of Damon Swade's uh, verbalized method, you're going to want to find out what makes your character tick so that you can understand their motivations for why they want their goals and and how you direct this particular character as an action figure because um, they can't do things that are out of character. Uh, so their motivations are innately tied to who they are as a person. So it's, it's, it's vital that you understand your character so that your their motivations run true. And then of course, the conflict part of the GMC is that you know things have to um, get in the way of your character's progress or there is no story. And this is, um, and one of the things that I really like about Kathy Yardley's book is she gives you some actual, you know, tangible tips and actual practical ways of analyzing your particular goal, motive, and conflict, and will it work? And what she calls it is field testing your premise. So what I'm going to do is I'm excited about this part because this is probably my biggest takeaway of all three, is these particular questions that she came up with. This is in chapter two. Um... And I, this one stopped me in my tracks because I knew that my story had a problem because I couldn't adequately answer all of these questions and I had to go back and sort of re-engineer. Um, so the first question is, do you have at least one main character who wants something? Okay, which we usually have that. Does he want it very badly? Okay, so this is a level of degrees um, because if our character's external goal is somewhat simple, it could be problematic and we'll get into why. The next, because the next question is, will something bad happen if she doesn't get it or he doesn't get it? If your character, what's the worst case scenario for this character? Why do we care if this if this particular external goal doesn't isn't accomplished and there's no results? May not be a very strong goal. So um, you have to look at the the negative side um, as you're building your story. What's the worst that can happen if they don't get their goal? So I think that was an excellent question. That one's one of the ones that tripped me up. I had to think about. Uh, is there leeway to make the consequences even more important as the story progresses? Which I thought was interesting. A way to increase the stakes. And this is different from, um, you know, the, the just the conflict. This is just the actual consequences, making the consequences important. So can we increase that by something bad that's going to happen? Can we um, make that worse throughout the story? I think that's important. Is there something significant standing in the way of achieving the goal? Do we have a, a, you know, a strong antagonist perhaps, or um, whether it's terrain, whatever our forces of antagonism are, are they strong enough to conflict with our, with our hero? Can these obstacles escalate? 
So I think that's that's another really important question is, is, is there room for your antagonist to grow in power or continue to demonstrate problem? Whatever your conflict is, can you keep dialing it up so that you can then continue to make the consequences of failure get worse? Um, and that particular escalation is what's going to drive the tension of the story. Um, so can these obstacles escalate? And she says... Your one-sentence premise, which is um, something that she points to uh, the snowflake method, and I'm, I'm not remembering the, the name of the, the author of that book right now, um, but she talks about how he wants you to actually describe your whole premise in one sentence, which you know is a good goal. But then I would say run that sentence, you know, character wants something, something standing in their way. And then we turn around and run it through these questions, like how badly do they want it, um, you know, What's what bad thing will happen if they don't get it? Is there a way to make the consequences more more outstanding? Will things get worse progressively? Um, and then, of course, you know, can our conflict escalate? And the reason why this was so monumental to me was because, <clears throat> okay, if you start out with a relatively simple story goal, okay, maybe your character wants to get married, or in my case, my character wants to get from point A to point B. Um, at the end of the story. And it's a pretty concrete goal. I can look at that and say, yes, if they we either will arrive or they won't arrive at the end of the story. Um, but where, where I looked at that and said, okay, well, how do I escalate that, <clears throat> the consequences? And if my, if my goal is relatively simple, I have to find ways to make the consequences worse for, um, for my character if they don't make it. And um, for me, that involved not just looking at what things I could throw in the way um, in terms of what they want, but I also had to go back and look at what they already have. And for me, the, the solution was, okay, my character wants to show up with a particular status. She needs to show up with this particular vehicle, which gives her status. Um, she has what she already has with her. She has a reputation that she's bringing um, from the previous book that she has gained. It's something that's an asset that she has. She also has friends along the way that she's bringing that are assets. So I'm saying like the starting point, point A, is actually a pretty strong point for her. So that also gives me a lot of material for things to take away along the route. So not only does she have to show up there, but she has to show up there intact with all of her, all of these assets. And is that gonna happen? Probably not, because what's gonna happen in the Dark Knight of the Soul is that she has to be, you know, t- taken down a few pegs. Um, so it, maybe she won't have the car that she wants. Maybe she won't have the reputation she wants. Maybe the, the family that she comes from, which is an asset, will no longer be an asset. I have to start taking away things that she considers assets that she may not even consider a want or a desire. These are things that she already has to start with. She doesn't know that she wants them because she doesn't know that she's going to lose them along the way. So it's not necessarily just like you know, gaining assets along the way. It's sometimes the goal can become maintaining things. Like, can I survive? Oftentimes, obviously, your action-adventure stories is when they turn on life and death. Um, Maintaining your life becomes your goal. Like, maybe you set out on this particular adventure with one particular goal, but it rapidly devolved to the point where, like, I just want to get out of this horror story that I wandered into alive. You know, like it's get out and be the survivor, you know, the one person who makes it out at the end. That's a pretty concrete goal uh, that definitely has the ability to escalate, you know, over over the course of the book, even though it's relatively simple. 
you're just trying to go camping and you know you chainsaw murder or, you know really really stepped in the in the way of your plans so i think that that's something that's that's very important to um look at so in in terms of your your goal motivation and conflict can uh, you find ways to do it not just on a global story scale, but can you do this on a scene by scene scale? I see Marilyn's watching. Says hi, hi. I see uh, Loreth and White is watching. Hi, um, glad to see some people tuning in and saying hello. I appreciate it. Um, so these are these are some things that um, I took away that were probably the most uh, moving for me. There's um, there's a lot. There's a lot of other stuff. I'm in no way able to sum this up in, um, you know, in its entirety. All of these books offer a great deal of information. Um, like I said, depending on what you're looking for, if you're looking for base story structure, um, building blocks that are have been built on over time, uh, Robert McKee's story does an excellent job of really creating. Um, compelling plots based on what works, what doesn't work. He's broken down a lot of major films. He's broken down individual scenes and he's very concise because because screenwriters have to be able to do a lot with a, with a relatively small amount of pages and be able to get things across efficiently. So if you're looking for more efficiency in your writing, I think Robert McKee's book is, is excellent. Um, Kathy Yardley is, is um, she's not just going to hem you in with you know, and she has some very um, upfront guidelines to who should read this book in the beginning. And she talks about if you were a pantser, um, there are some people that, you know, should be pantsers because that's, you know, the best method that works for them. But she also talks about how a lot of pantsers are only pantsers because they haven't figured out a way to, to make their stories work any other way. And it's just a matter of having, not having found the right system yet. I highly recommend, like I said, this is a very inexpensive book. And I would 100% recommend it. I don't know Kathy Yardley. I don't, you know, have any incentive for necessarily um, pitching her book, but I will be going and reviewing it because I think it was excellent. And um, Robert McKee's story and Kathy Yardley's are narrated by the authors themselves, which I think is fantastic. Cam Wyland's book is narrated by a separate narrator who I think does an excellent job. I, she, she, she's very good at reading it, but it is kind of nice to actually read it from the author's or hear it from the author's voice if you're into audio. But like I said, Kathy's book is one that I anticipate listening to several times. I've actually already listened to it at least two and a half times, possibly three times at this point, just because it is so short and it is so um, interesting in that it, it makes you attack your problems in a different way. And I think that these particular questions of, you know, degree are important for you to, to look at your characters and, and not just what do they want, but how badly do they want it? You know, what's the thing that's going to happen if they don't get it? And I think that a lot of what she talks about is take, finding one of the things she mentions when she talks about the dark night of the soul or, or the dark moment, I think she refers to it as, is that saying, what's the worst thing that could happen to your character in terms of their story goal? Um, now take that and then ratchet it up. What's worse than that? And then what's worse than that? And that point is probably what you're going to have to do for your dark moment, or your um, dark night of the soul. Not just the obvious choice, not the, even the choice after that, but the, mo the additional choice beyond that is where you're really going to get your character into the mud and make them rise, rise to the challenge. 
And for me, like I said, that involved not just dismantling my character's story goal, but also dismantling who they were as a person and saying like, okay, I'm going to start eroding just the very foundation of this character's life. Um, things that they take for granted, I'm going to be taking away just because where they think rock bottom is and where I am going to put them are going to be two completely different uh, places. And they're not going to understand how deep down this hole goes, <clears throat> but they're going to eventually, of course, be given the tools to rise to the occasion and overcome it because I write, you know, adventure stories where the good guys usually win. So, but I think that it's also good for your characters to, to get, get a few scars along the way and um, really experience a story that, that, he, that the reader can go along with. And I think that it's important that the, the reader understand, um, you know, on, in a relatable way what this character is going through. And, some, and sometimes you've just got to really turn up the dial on uh, raising the conflict, raising the stakes. Uh, I see Catherine is watching. Hi, Catherine. Good, good to see you. Um, so yeah, th these are my my major takeaways, and I think that everyone who reads these particular books are probably going to get a different takeaway from each of them, just because they're all. Um, every time you come to a structure book, you're bringing a different problem. If you are the author and you're writing a particular book, your particular set of problems and your particular characters are going to evolve differently than you know mine are. Uh, with these books, but um, if you're looking for your next great craft craft read, um, I think uh, Kathy K.M. Wyland is, is very comprehensive. It's going to get in way into the weeds on on things, way down even just to like you know the active and passive you know sentence level. Um, but she will break down every single piece of the act. Like you know, I, one of them is midpoint that I think she does really well. Midpoint's an area where I've frequently struggled. Um, understanding where you hang the story basically on the middle and the importance of the middle um, in, when it comes to the act structure and people a lot of times don't understand how act two works you know that, you know mostly it's good stuff happening and then bad stuff happening but uh, that midpoint I think it, it was something that I have struggled with and these books helped me with that um, but yeah there's there's a lot of good content here there's a lot of ways to help you understand the fundamentals of story and i do definitely recommend um all three of these reads so um i hope hope you, there was some little bit of helpful information here those were my takeaways this is my my book report uh for this week and i'll be uh doing more of these as i continue to read and consume more content um but these these all get a thumbs up for me um, so thank you to everyone who's been joining the group. We had quite a few people, um, join lately, which is great. Our, our group continues to grow. Um, although some, a lot of my invites are coming from people who, uh, are definitely not, you know, actual people who want to join this, this group. So I do have a question. Those of you who have joined the group, I've seen the question. It's pretty simple. It's, uh, are you a robot sent from the future, uh, sent back in time to be spammy. And I get a lot of really interesting, um, answers to that this week i think the the answer of the week goes to um raja shit warren whose answer was i am interested period in period girls period 
you know, uh, Raja, I really um, appreciate you putting yourself out there like that and, um, you know, just really going for it and trying to trying to meet new people. This is not the group for you, unfortunately, and I had to uh, decline your membership to Book Faces Live. But um, I do I do blame Lucy Score for this. Um, we had an episode early on. I think it was episode three where I uh, advertised an episode that, that Lucy Score, number one bestseller on Amazon, was going to be on the show. And I was suddenly flooded with uh, people wanting to join the group from from India so apparently um, and Africa um, a lot of places around the world the, the international men love Lucy score and uh, I've been feeling the results ever since but um, in any case yeah Raja I apologize that you did not make the cut um, but yeah, but if you do enjoy these episodes and you've been um, getting some good content and you would like to share them with other authors or readers who you think would be interested in learning more about story and learning more about books, I always appreciate uh, people uh, sharing the content and, and letting people know about these episodes. So um, for everyone who watched, Catherine, Dara, uh, Marilyn, everyone who, who stopped by, Corey, everyone who, who said hello, I appreciate you stopping by. And if you have any additional comments or questions, as always, you can always leave them in the uh, comment section. And I'll be back again soon with another great episode. So thank you. I hope you all uh, have a wonderful rest of your week. So long.